It's coffee break. Woo! Post Christmas. If you celebrate Christmas, this is our winter episode. Yay! Our our holiday. Our, I love it when like, uh, especially like fantasy setting stories, mm-hmm. want to do a quote unquote Christmas episode. But it wouldn't make sense in universe, so they have to come up with like, it's our winter festival, and it's basically yeah. the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't want to go all too Christmassy because that that wouldn't really fit in with the podcast. Mm-hmm. I thought about making a garbage eggs, <clears throat> but then I was like, nah, this is just too silly and weird, and it wouldn't match what I was doing with the other stuff. Gimmicky, yeah. Yeah, also gimmicky because at the end. Basically, half of this podcast, we're going to talk about movies and things we watched. Mm-hmm. And then the other half, uh, I'm going to sh- read you some weird myths of Christmas lore. I've been looking forward to this. And seeing what you think about them. And I'm excited. <laughs> if you've listened to other podcasts that have done Christmas episodes, you probably know, you know, Ben's Nickel and mm-hmm. Krampus. And we'll talk about those guys because... Whatever. Um, we'll get there. But Still fun to learn. <laughs> I hope everyone had a great Christmas. Yeah. Hanukkah's been over. I think this is the first day of Kwanzaa, right? Or is t- tomorrow the first day of Kwanzaa? Kwanzaa began today. Woo! Kwanzaa! Ha, yeah! And... Yeah, okay. So the first thing we watched... Yeah. ...was Disney's Percy Jackson and the Olympians. This is the remake. It's the... Which, yeah, the uh, it's a TV show now. Uh, initially, there was a movie that came out in like 2011 or something, yep. which I watched. And watching this TV show makes me realize that that movie was not accurate to the books at all. <laughs> no, I, the fans have said also that they did not like that one. I've seen generally positive fan reception to these episodes but we aren't fans yeah i didn't read these books no i never saw them and also i'm gonna be honest water gimmicks so lame (laughs) of all the magical abilities you picked water yawn (laughs) lance reddick is zeus uh who's lance reddick the guy who passed away oh really yeah oh no he's gonna be final tv performance okay he's gonna be so good as zeus oh so what is percy jackson a boy who lives with his single mom and finds out his dad is a greek god yes and they're other children of greek gods yeah because just like true they got that one right with the with the old myths is that the greek gods were just have sex with everybody <laughs> all the time usually non-consensually <laughs> yep uh some of these things uh it's kind of weird to try and teach that to a kid while working around it well i i like because like it, that makes sense like the gods and the mythos is behind gods it was a lot of fun to learn as a kid because i think kids just really like compartmentalizing things they like having like clubs and and things that attribute to elements and stuff like that yeah (laughs) and the gods are an easy way to do that that's probably where it started Mm -hmm. oh if you hear noises in the background our dog's got uh new toys for christmas yep so they're playing with the toys (laughs) uh the kid who plays percy 
What's his name? The, the weakest link. <laughs> Walker Scoobell. It like he has the most annoying voice. It's so whiny and high pitch. Nasally. I know he's supposed to be a 12-year-old boy. But like he's standing next to other 12-year-olds mm-hmm. and they're doing fine. Yeah. Him Oh, God. I will say Grover, I think was his name. Yeah, Grover Underwood. He he was also kind of weak, but I think that's just because the character of Grover is very reserved. So there's not a lot of, in the first two episodes, not a lot for him to really do emotion-wise. Yeah, no. Um, there were parts of it where I was like, this is actually kind of cool when he's fighting the Minotaur. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why was that not in the movie? I don't know. I haven't seen the movie maybe 10 years yeah i definitely don't remember a minotaur i remember the <laughs> the first one ended okay but the second one was just god awful i don't i remember i watched one of them i'm pretty sure it was the first one and yeah i didn't like either <laughs> if whichever one i watched i didn't like it and then i heard about the other one and i was like no <laughs> not gonna bother but it's a kid's show Mm-hmm. But it's trying to be like an American Harry Potter. The, yeah, it definitely, <laughs> like, like it's like, oh, I see exactly what inspired this writer. <laughs> Yet, well, all the girls are mean to him. Yeah, that's something I noticed. Is And if you've read the book, let me know. Is there a reason why all of the girls are mean? Like, every single female character, other than his mother, has been mean. They've been his bully or at least rude and blunt. Like, even, like, the Athena girl who's teaming up with him now. she She's teaming up with him, and I know they'll be friends inevitably. But even she's, like, pushing him around and is, like, being stone-faced to him. Mm-hmm. But every single male character has been kind, welcoming, inviting, friendly. <laughs> there was, like, one bully boy that we saw briefly, but they were bullying Grover, not not him, yeah, <laughs> not Percy. He, he actually gave Percy advice. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, he didn't have a problem with Percy, but then the girls were trying to really hurt him. The gods, or the, uh, basically the camp counselors. Mm-hmm. What is going on there? I like, I did think it's funny that Dionysus is a camp counselor, because he's the god of, like, debauchery wine and partying mm-hmm. and so having him be demoted to watch these kids and you can't drink that is funny it helps that they got um i don't remember his name they the actor they got for him did a really good job with it jason mantizak that's hebrew yeah mantzukas he's done a lot of things he's great he's, he's amazing <laughs> Yeah, like, getting him to play Dionysus makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you had, a uh, Charon. Which one's Carolyn? Charon. Charon. Yes! Sorry. <laughs> what Greek god is Carolyn? I, I thought you meant his mom, maybe. <laughs> Sally? Whatever. <laughs> no, Charon. Charon is cool. Um, yeah, he just kind of disguises himself. Even though he's a centaur, yeah, the, centaur? the CG on his centaur. on his centaur body not not stellar, but also I get the feeling he's not going to be on screen much because we're immediately leaving the camp, <laughs> so 
you know, save your budget for the important things, I'm guessing. It looks like they only filmed eight episodes for this whole series so far. Yeah, which I think is just the first book. I don't know how long each book is. It can't be that long, right? It's just a kid's movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or a kid's book. Like, Series of Unfortunate Events was able to cover the first book, the Netflix version. Mm-hmm. was able to cover the first book in two episodes. Yeah, the first season did the first four books. Because it had eight episodes. Yeah, that was crazy. But, there, yeah, there's some stuff you don't have to put in there and you can take away. and Maybe you have to add things in there. Mm-hmm. Um... When we were watching, the way I described it was, because you watch Percy, he shows up at camp, he's doing his cool camp things, Mm -hmm. being a big action guy, and the way I described it was, Percy Jackson is just Harry Potter for jocks. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to that nerd (laughs) school, I'm going to my cool summer camp. (laughs) Because there's not much else to watch on TV right now? Uh... I will slowly go through the series. Might as well. But they should have dropped the whole thing right there. Yeah, they should have done like how they did with Wednesday. Because this is not one that I could find oh, myself. Third, third episode came out today. Oh, well, I guess we have something well, there we go. <laughs> That's what I'm doing after this. Watching it and judging it, actually. Yeah, especially with only eight episodes. And the first two, the first episode especially, is really horrible. It is so slow. It takes like 70% of the episode for something to happen. Mm-hmm. Finally. <laughs> I just remember the ending. Just because that was the most interesting part. Like, his his teacher was like a harpy at one point. Again, a female character was was an evil bad person. And she was a harpy. And he stabbed her instantly. Like, it was like, oh, MG, the magic things. It's happening. She's a harpy. Oh, wait, never mind. That's over. And then we had to wait around for him to go to, like, the boathouse with his mom. So they could sit around and talk forever. <laughs> yeah, and then... They're just kind of running around hiding most of the episode. Yeah. And, ooh, they do this thing. So much of the dialogue is, we gotta go to place. And Percy goes, what's place? Well, we gotta get the thing. And then Percy goes, what's thing? It's just as I'm saying something. They know Percy has no idea what it is. So then he could question them. So they could just lore dump onto him. Yeah. (laughs) What I loved was uh, his mom died. I say that with quotations in the air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but really, she just vanished. Yeah. And then he finds out at the end of the second episode that she's not dead. Hades actually has her. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, dude. We all saw it. <laughs> also, he's so whiny. <laughs> he is just a whiny little bitch. I don't want to go on a quest. Well, your mom might be alive. Well, I guess I have to. I don't want to be the son of a god. Well... You might have friends now. Well, I guess I have to. He's also <laughs> suffering from visions of this, like, nightmare figure, who I'm assuming is Hades. Who's, like, walking. I don't think so. I, I think Hades is one of the good guys. But I'm not sure. <laughs> well, who else could it be? Um, Isn't Titan the villain of the story? Or Jupiter? One of them? What? Ah, uh, Kronos? <laughs> Isn't that one of them? Is yeah, it... Titan is a a species, I'm, not a name. I'm doing my best, man. I'm and trying to remember the movie. What did you say, Jupiter? Yeah. Ju- that's Roman. Jupiter, that's it, just the Roman name for Kronos. I remembered the planet. <laughs> that's not... 
No. Yeah, it is. Oh, Saturn is Kronos, isn't it? Ornus. No. No, you're right. It's Saturn. Saturn is Kronos. Yeah. And Ornos is his father. <laughs> Who's Jupiter? Zeus. Damn, should have remembered. Because it's the biggest planet. I remember. That's why I thought Titan, because it's big. No. <laughs> Kronos was of the Titans. You can see how my thought process was completely backwards. <laughs> yes, it was. It was all over the place. <sighs> I think Kronos is the bad guy. I'm not sure. <laughs> so I saw all the fans just freaking out on the internet, and as they announced the series like a year ago, people were like, oh my god, they're going to do it, and they're going to do it right this time. Is it right? I don't know. As, is it good? <laughs> Halfway. As a person who isn't nostalgic for the books, I found it hard to get invested. Mm -hmm. And also, the thing I liked was seeing camp. Camp was fun. Camp activities are fun. Having different camp teams is fun. But now we're immediately leaving camp. So uh, if I know if I was a kid and I was reading the book, the moment Percy had to leave camp, I would probably lose interest. And I would finish the book, but I don't think I would read the rest of the series. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. And the fact that when I was pulling up this link, the guy who wrote the series has come back to make more books yeah. about Percy going to college. After being on hiatus for like, what, 12 years or something? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm guessing he did that for the show because he wants to rehype everything up. It gives me hope because it's we're also supposed to get... Uh, Narnia is on the slate to be in production soon, and Aragon is set to be in production That's soon. That's not going to happen. It's, it is happening. It's not. Christopher Polini said so on TikTok. <laughs> when we were at Walmart the other day, I saw all the books on the shelf. Yeah. I was like, oh no. <laughs> I really hope they don't do this. I hope they do, because it, it's not good. I did read the first three, and then one of my best friends spoiled the fourth one, and I had... No interest. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, there's so many names to remember. And they're all and they're all goofy, made-up fantasy names. Well, there's Aragorn. Uh-huh. Aegon. <laughs> Arwen. Arwin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was 100%. He had an Aragorn self-insert fanfiction. And he just kind of tweaked it around. That's <laughs> all... Like, he obviously watched Lord of the Rings as a kid, mm -hmm. and then he just started writing this story. Yeah, it's almost like when you're 15 years old and you publish your first book, it's not going to be that good. <laughs> yeah, true. I, I don't know why they thought that because, was... Because his mom and dad owned the publishing company. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> so they just kind of forced him into being a writer. No, he was like, I wrote my book, and they're like, we'll publish it. And then it got really popular somehow. It's an easy read. It is an easy yeah, they, read. There are large books, but they are easy to read. Yeah. Have you, I've tried going back and rereading the first one. This was back in high school. But I tried going back to reread it, and I was like, wow, this is actually not good. <laughs> I'm mm -hmm. like, how is it so thick? And then I remembered it's a, a lot of it painstakingly describing, like, buildings. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. He never describes people, though, from what I remember. Just like a pretty woman. It's like, I don't know, a hair color? Just give me something to work with. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're fans of Percy Jackson, do you think this is a good adaptation? Yeah. Is this something that you wanted? Let us know. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's okay. I guess I'll keep going. We've got to get at least the first three episodes. Now, 
I was going to do Rebel Moon next. Because <laughs> that's, that's a chunk of a thing right there. This is my new favorite movie to hate. Rebel Moon. <laughs> but before I do Rebel Moon, I just wanted to say really quickly, Saw Saw 10. Yeah. Loved it. It was great. My boy was in it. It was. It really felt like a true sequel. Like, I didn't think they could go back and recapture the feeling. Did you know it takes place between one and two? Really? That's where it was. Wow. Damn. And it is a, it's a fun return to form. It's a Saw movie. It's a classic. It, 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 and, and they got me at the end. They did. <laughs> I was so excited because I was like, wow, you did it. We went into OT. A lot of the twists and turns, I wasn't, <coughs> I, like, I didn't predict. It was great. It's gruesome. Some of the most gruesome deaths they've got so far, I'm yeah. going to say. It was pretty nasty. But that's the point of thought. It's supposed to be gruesome. Yeah. It was yeah. her It was her leg. Oof. <laughs> oof, oof, oof. At that point, I would have just not. <laughs> uh, and then we watched another sequel. This one was called Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. We're going to... This is going to... Gonna, you're going to lose all your subscribers with this one. <laughs> Uh, because it was dog shit. It was so not good. It maybe, was horrible. Maybe it's because everyone hyped it up so much. It's not a movie though. It's, it's not, half a movie. It's not even. It didn't even feel like if if uh. the art style is so overdone. It's yeah. it looks like half of it's unfinished. I will say I feel like this is something that I think the most people can understand where we're coming from here. Because I've seen people argue about it being, well, it's it's advertised as part one. And it's like, okay, fine. And stuff like that. But yeah, the art style, too much. I felt regularly, like, sick. My eyes hurt yeah. watching it. Yeah. <laughs> um... It was, and it wasn't, it wasn't like the smart comic book style like we saw with the first movie. It wasn't. It just felt like noise for the sake of noise. It lacked the charm of the first movie. It also, it often like felt like it detracted from leading my eye. Where the first one would use smart comic book styles to lead your eye in like a well-paced way to the important parts of when you're supposed to be seeing. In this one, I felt like there was no focus because everything's a million different styles all at once. Mm -hmm. And you're right, it did lack the charm. Something that also pissed me off with the art, I was telling you about this, it was Gwen Stacy talking to her dad. Every single time there was a cut, the color palette would completely change and the background would be completely changed. And I hated it. Yeah. It just, it wasn't giving me the vibes, which I think is what I was aiming for. It just felt like... An unfocused mess. Yeah. It, and the real villain of that whole story was not uh, Spot. No. And I don't know why people were like, Spot was so well done. He's barely in that movie. I also saw someone say that you can't even tell it's... What's his name? Jason? Jason Swartz. It's like, you mm -hmm. can't even tell it's Jason. It doesn't sound anything like it, anything else. He's, I'm like, that is just his normal speaking voice. What are yeah, you talking about? That's just him. It's literally, this. he had more variation to his voice when he was the kid Fox in Fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Miles is just a shell of who he actually is, which bummed me out because I wanted to see Miles. It was real sad the whole way through. Yeah, he's just alone. Yeah. Even his fr when he finds out the reason why his friends never came to see him 
is because he's the anomaly. He's the the one that ruined everything. Yeah. And it's like, and, oh, what great friends. And also, what great Spider-Men. I already know how it's going to happen. Because if they get rid of Miles, they create a paradox where their Spider-Verse wouldn't exist without him being an anomaly. Yeah. And that's how it's going to get solved. Like, uh-huh. he, he's the necessary anomaly. <laughs> Miguel O'Hara. Oscar Isaac did great. He just sounds like Oscar Isaac. But he did do good, I will and admit. <laughs> I think he's talking about Palpatine at some point. It's weird. <laughs> and then he just jumped up and threw a bunch of random shit at everybody. <laughs> Go, random bullshit. <laughs> That's a Moon Knight reference. It's, it's a very funny, look at Moon Knight, random bullshit. <laughs> uh, he's just the bad guy. He's just an unfocused bad guy. Like, I get it, he's, like, mean and grumpy, but also, I don't know. <laughs> and trying to tell Miles about what's happening, he just gets angrier and angrier to the point where he just physically attacks him. He feels like a caricature, not like a character. You all just fell in love with him because he has a hot animated face and he's voiced by hot boy Oscar Isaac. But he's not a good character. You fooled yourselves. Yeah, too many spider man Yes. And you have to wait till the end to see that his real friend showed up. Also, I saw, I kept seeing a bunch of behind the scenes things and I was like, here's all the other Spider-Men that we had designed for background characters. And we saw briefly some of them, like uh, Web Slinger, Web Shooter, the cowboy Spider-Man. Okay. There's also one called Dawn Spider, which she had like a uh, wheelchair. Okay. And you could barely see the wheelchair because it's on screen for like a nanosecond before it transforms into having spider legs. And then oh she, yeah, like, I do remember that. And then she 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 had a really good joke. The one line she had was, "Hey Miles, do you think Spider Man use comedy as a crutch? Get it, crutch?" And then she went to punch Miles because they were chasing him down. But I was like, I thought we were gonna see all these really cool, interesting background characters more. And said, "No, there's there for a second. Even Pavinter and Hobie were barely on screen. And everyone made it sound like they were like the center focus of the movie, but they were barely there. <laughs> yeah, I saw Hobie came back at the end. Yeah. But we just spent like one action scene with that character. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's mad at Miles, but never told him what he did wrong. Yeah. Also, so you're getting mad at a kid, but you're not communicating with him? That's not a story, guys. No, it, it did not it's need to be. It's just an abusive relationship. It really did not need to be two parts. Like, at all. Yeah. It took until over the halfway point for them to enter the Spider-Verse. Yeah. It's just, come on. <laughs> so, Spider-Man 2 did not win Game of the Year. Just a bad year for Spider-People. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, it is not winning the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. Mm-mm. Maybe sound design. If it's nominated for animation sound design, but I don't know. <laughs> okay, maybe. Best editing? No, the editing sucked. It did. <laughs> it I was did, all over the place. I did not like it. It it felt like... Technicolor vomit. It, yes, it felt like someone poorly tried to recreate the first movie, but didn't understand what made the first movie good. Yeah, and then they just wanted to make it bigger. Yeah. Okay. Might as well have been made by Mad Magazine, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. 
Okay. Now, Zack Snyder's new film, Rebel Moon. My new favorite movie. Parentheses to hate. <laughs> Part one, A Child of Fire. Zack Snyder originally wrote this script and pitched it to Kathleen Kennedy uh, of Star Wars. Yes. Right? And she turned him down. And so he went off to Netflix and they're like, cool, let's make two movies. And you can tell because it's a lot like Star Wars. <laughs> a lot like Star Wars. <laughs> it's Star Warsy, with like... Just straight up fantasy. It's so but with some Star Trek. But it doesn't have any of the things that make Star Wars fun. <laughs> no. And cause we watched episodes three, four, five, and episode one after watching Rebel Moon. Mm-hmm. And those were great. And I was like, this is what Rebel Moon was trying to be. <laughs> I, I finally liked episode five. For the first time in my life, I actually enjoyed it and went, wow, this is pretty good. It was better than I remembered. Yeah. Uh, Rebel Moon. Um, There are giant sequences and information just completely missing from this story. Which is crazy because 90% of the dialogue is just heavy-handed exposition. Yes. Every time our main character, Korra, she sits down and talks to her little farm boy boyfriend. And every single time, it's not a conversation. She just exposits her backstory at him, and he doesn't say anything. He, we don't even see him reacting to it. It's just we see her backstory. And she doesn't talk to any of the other members on their team. They get, like, three other people, four other people, and they never talk to each other. They don't... They have lines of dialogue in the scenes where they're introduced... And then they don't have any dialogue until the very end of the movie where they go, we did it. We beat the bad guy. And it's like, oh, you actually get lines again? <laughs> Wait, Nemesis was a cyborg? Which one was Nemesis? The one with the blades. She's a cyborg? That's not explained. <laughs> what? Okay. What do you mean? <laughs> Oh, man. It's, it's like, at the end, one of the villains is like, and you, Tarek, you are a prince. And it's like, when? We're just going to drop that info here? <laughs> yeah, a lot of it didn't make sense. We're just going to random places, finding people. And it's like, you, it's like the gathering your team missions. That's what the whole first movie really is. But, like, I, we've seen versions of this where it's done really well. I actually watched The Wizard of Oz. And that's a way better example of gathering your team and have them actually, like, talk to each other. Tarok, one of them, the prince, they find him. And he has to, like, like get this griffin to, to listen. And he does this whole cool thing where he, like, rides the griffin. He has, like, a rock on a rope that he uses to, like, grapple hook onto things. Mm -hmm. He befriends the griffin. And then at the end, it's like, oh, yes, I see. The griffin is going to come with us. It doesn't, which is fine, whatever. And I'm like, oh, but I understand. He has, like, this animal connection. He'll befriend various animals to help wherever they go. He doesn't. Never once engages with anything else. I'm like, well, at least he'll have his grappling hook thing. Nope. He just had a regular blaster, like every other character. <laughs> his whole introduction scene and his skills and abilities was completely irrelevant to the rest of the movie. 
So, Snyder's plan here, he wanted to create an IP that you can make games and books and TV shows on. And make merch out of. And he did this <laughs> with Army of the Dead. He tried. Yeah. Right? Isn't that what it's called? Yeah, the one with the the like hackers breaking into the vault in the zombie apocalypse thing. Yeah, it's a heist movie in the zombie apocalypse in Vegas. Mm-hmm. There is a prequel movie for that one, and the sequel movie should be coming around at some point. But he went off to go do this. There is a second part already done called The Scar Giver, which yeah. will come out next year. It's already uh, slated for April. Yep, yep. Once you get to the end of the Rebel Moon Part 1, it'll tell you about it. <laughs> and the this one will get a rated R extended cut, which he does this all the time. There's always an extended version of one of his movies. Mm-hmm. And every time. The original cut is ass. Like Batman versus Superman. Yeah, well, I was going to get there. Terrible. The extended cut is an amazing movie. <laughs> yeah, when you throw the 30 minutes back in, it makes way more sense what's happening. And with this Rebel Moon, it's already two and a half hours. I feel like you could easily add another hour in. Mm-hmm. And it needs it. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I don't get that the bad guys still work for the king, but they killed the king. Also, she... Uh, spoilers. She kills the bad guy dude, like, totally kicks his ass, and he's dead. And then, because he seems to be like a robot or something, they bring him back to life. And it's like, well, now you gotta try to get her again. And it's like, but he failed. He already failed the first time. What makes you think he's gonna succeed the second time? <laughs> it's like, oh man, Team Rocket, better get Pikachu this time. They've already failed. <laughs> They're not gonna what? <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Uh, you just walk into scenes. You just get thrown into these scenes, and you don't know what's happening. Like Nemesis. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, we're just on this planet. And they're in an elevator, and she's going down into the depths of the city, and she fights this, like, arachnid woman. Yeah. And it... Uh... Which, the arachnid woman looked cool, and she was talking about something that happened on the planet that stopped her from having children. And Nemesis can, like, relate to her because of this losing children thing. Yeah. Which is not explained. You just get told this stuff, and then... Battle. And then Nemesis, she's the one who gets the least amount of lines out of every character. Yeah. She barely is in it. She doesn't even stand next to the others. And I know she's supposed to be like the moody, broody, standoffish one of the team, but mm-hmm. come on. <laughs> I don't understand the character Titus, uh, Jamon Han- Hansu. Which he, oh God, he's such a good actor. He deserves more. <laughs> she finds him in a Coliseum, which by the way, this Coliseum, just go look up the Roman Coliseum and then just... Put it in your sci-fi movie. Yeah, just layer <laughs> it over Star Wars with 50% opacity. That's it. <laughs> she finds him in there, and he's just, like, chained up because he's fighting as a, call, a gladiator, basically. Yeah, well, we and... don't see any fights, though, which was nope. great. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting at least a fight. So we don't even know what he's, like, fighting. Nah, except for he had a blaster, just like everyone else did. <laughs> he's drinking, and he has, like, long hair. Yeah. He had, like, a big beard, right? Yeah. And the next thing you see him, when he's on her ship, he's shaved. Yeah, he's clean shaved. He's all put back together. It's like, when did that happen? <laughs> we barely got to know much about him. We just knew that he was, like, 
what was it? Uh, a former general of the Imperium recruited to lead the fight against the Mother World. Yeah, and he was like the one they had like set out to find before getting to the Blood Axes. But he didn't feel important at all. No, especially because we just found him in a gutter and she had like one pep talk with him and he decides to join. Also, her cause, she's getting all these like amazing badasses. And her, the thing is, there's a ship of evil people attacking one tiny little town who raises and grows crops. That's it. So they all just gather together just to save, like, one tiny farm. And for some... Egg. <laughs> and somehow she convinces them to do this. Like, they, there's other people that could be saved by the mother world, but this one little farm... They really need their help of all seven of the greatest warriors in the world. <laughs> so all we find out is that she, she's been living on this planet for, what, two years? Something She says seasons. So, and I'm going to assume harvest is the season. Yeah, but it could... So that would be a year. But it could also mean, like, spring and summer whatever fantasy speak you can't just use regular <laughs> we we are introduced to her tilling the fields where she gets down on her knees and digs up a rock and feels the soil and then she picks it up and puts it to her face really close like she's about to eat it and she just she just huffs that she's soil just huffing it it's this is the first thing we see in of the her. movie yeah <laughs> and then her boyfriend what's his name gunner yeah <laughs> comes in and tells her like oh hot boy hunter is here whatever it's so they're like a celtic nordic uh people yeah they're farmers mm-hmm. they have their longhouse they, a longhouse which makes me say they're very celtic nordic mm-hmm. which is a place of gathering yep. where they would have feasts mm-hmm. and they're celebrating um their harvest and it's the horniest <laughs> thing oh yeah like the whole thing is just like hey the hunter guy's here he's gonna want to have sex with you you're gonna do it and then she gets there and then her adopted father figure is like yo you're gonna have sex with that guy and then the mayor of the village is like let's all have sex tonight guys it's like okay zach snyder calm down <laughs> then, then one day the bad guys show up and they just land on the planet and they just walk up to the village, mm-hmm. and they're like, uh, who's the leader? And the guy's like, hey, I'm the leader. And uh, this guy, Atticus Noble, right? Yes. He goes, hey, um, we're looking for these rebels, these blood axes, right? Mm-hmm. Brother and sister. We just learned about them. Only their names, really. Yes. And that they're on the run, and they're rebels, and they're hitting all their supply locations, and they're struggling to supply their army. You're farmers. Why don't we make a deal? You give us what you can, and we'll pay you, like, triple market value. Yeah. A great deal. (laughs) It is a great deal. And the leader just goes, no, we can't do that. And then his son, who's Gunner, right... That's how I interpreted 
that. I thought they, they were some. might be related. They don't really explain it. For the first, when she was huffing the soil, I thought she was related to Gunner. Yeah. And for a second, when he was like, I'm looking for the blood axes, brother and sister. I'm like, are these two supposed to be the blood axes? Are they brother and sister? Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. She was giving him bedroom eyes. So, <laughs> so Gunner just starts explaining to Atticus about how they have so much crop to a share that they could do it which pisses Atticus off and he just ends up uh killing the leader Mm -hmm. right in front of everyone which also like the leader I don't know why he turned down the deal it was a great deal he should have never done that and even like even Cora beforehand she was like just give them what they want and then they'll go and hope they don't ask for more or notice that we can give them more and then because of the line and all that the deal got even worse yeah and, and then, good thing the leader died. He was apparently very bad <laughs> leading. Yeah. And then they're like, we'll be back in, what, 10 days? Something like that. So the soldiers that he leaves behind to watch after the village to make sure they do what they do decide that they're going to play with the little girl in the farm. That's not, uh, uh, she's a woman. <laughs> Let's not describe her as little girl. <laughs> okay, well, they plan to do horrible things, and that's when... Cora shows up to kick their ass for it. Also, one character who you might see yep. plastered all over the marketing. His face is everywhere. He is revealed in the this time of the evil guy showing up and this sequence that I was talking about. And his name is Jimmy. Yes. So everyone's favorite space robot, Jimmy. He's a robot, which he might as well have just been a person. Because he talks about having thoughts and feelings and he moves like a normal person would. He might as well have just been a person. <laughs> well, here it says he's a mechanical knight. Sure. And yeah, he was a soldier. He said that. Mm-hmm. And he fought for the king before the king's death. And this is all stuff just exposed onto you. Yes. Um, he is barely in this movie. Yes. After this beginning scene of uh, Cora and Jimmy and another soldier stopping the bad soldiers... Oh, I forgot about the random soldier. <laughs> and, and, oh. and then you don't, and it's like, oh, yes, I see what we're going to be doing here. Cora is going to go, and this is the beginning of her team. She's going to have Gunner and Jimmy and that other soldier, and they're going to be the beginning of the team. But no, Jimmy and the other soldier just completely vanish at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you don't, you see Jimmy again at the very, very, very last second. Yeah, and he's wearing his antlers that you'll see. He, there are scenes in the trailer that you'll see that aren't in the movie. Yeah. I I assume maybe there was a subplot where we continually went back to the hometown to see Jimmy and the other soldier trying to keep things together. Mm -hmm. But it's not in the movie. No. And... So what we're saying is this is a weird, unfinished piece that will have a sequel for some reason. He plans to make a third movie. Yeah. And because of that, he's now saying he's going to end up making a total of four movies. Jesus. If you want, I do recommend you watch it. It's a great time to make fun of. It is so every so much egregious slow motion. The slow motion is just ridiculous. <laughs> she, we we had slow mo to show her like throwing seeds for the garden. It was so stupid. <laughs> it's too much. 
much damn slow-mo for the lamest shots. (laughs) There's like a scene where she's doing an action thing and she does like a handstand or whatever with one hand. Uh And instead of, you know, like, oh, it's the flip she's doing. Yeah. Or it's her aiming the gun at somebody to shoot, right? Mm Mm-hmm. It's her hand hitting the ground. That's the slow-mo shot. And it's like, why? That's not action. He just seems to fundamentally not understand the point of why sometimes in movies a shot will be in slow motion. (laughs) He just does not get it at all. (laughs) It was just weird because when he did 300, the slow-mo was them going through and just like that one guy, he got blood drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's that cool action sequence where you get to see him almost like a a side-scroller. Also, like, the classic kicking him down the well. Yeah. Well. <laughs> hole in the earth. It was a well. <laughs> um, and those are action. Those are actions being done. But when he's doing slow-mo here, it's like she got behind a wall, and it's just slow-mo, and you're like... There's one shot. It's so dumb. She, like, flipped a dude. And it's him landing. It's not an impressive looking land. Also, it's backwards. You, it's, you see it from behind. Yeah, you can't see his face. You can't see her face. She's also wearing the stupidest outfit. She just has her tits hanging out the whole time. Her farm outfit is just like overalls and that's it. And they barely cover up her boobs. So dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. Um, it, it, great time. Watch it. Watch it and make fun of it with your friends. Highly recommend. <laughs> the, the fun idea is knowing that he's going to do this extended edition. Mm-hmm. And he could actually totally redeem this thing with an extended cut. He could. I really want but this to be good. <laughs> the pain of knowing that there's the theatrical, the PG-13 version, mm-hmm. which is not good. No. And then possibly having a very good sci-fi story with, like, an hour added in. He hasn't (laughs) said how much he's going to put back into it, but, I mean, we saw the Justice League, and then we saw the Zack Snyder cut. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, there's a two-hour run difference, but the Zack Snyder cut is so much better of a movie. Yeah. It, (laughs) It tells the story. It makes way more sense when you see it from him since he was the one who made it. I don't know why he's shooting himself in the foot by releasing this subpar theatrical cut at all. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so the, the critics, the critics have panned it. I don't blame them. It's just sucks. <laughs> it's so funny to make fun of. I keep making fun of it. I can't stop pretending like I'm huffing the soil. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> As a space opera, it has none of the weight of Dune, none of the characterizations of Guardians of the Galaxy. None of the madness of Jupiter Ascending or the Fifth Element. Damn. And none of the pep of Star Wars. Damn. It is. It does feel empty. It feels like the skeleton of a sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. But with none of the actual, like, movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just weird. He, I mean, he proves that the, the same thing happens to every author. Once they start making their own fantasy world, it's really easy to get sucked into, like, building the lore and making the towns and building your space structure system. But you always end up forgetting that the characters are supposed to still be the important part. Yeah, you can tell me all the intricate little lore you doodled about in your notebook during science. Isn't this what happened to Tolkien? Yeah, but Tolkien had like a story around all that lore. (laughs) Well, he did The Hobbit. Yeah. And then he was like, I can keep going. And then 
started building out the world, but did the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, like he kept all the important world stuff in... He almost didn't even finish the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It was uh, C.S. Lewis, Narnia, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who told him, no, dude, you got to finish it. And so he did. So that's why we have the Lord of the Rings. But, like, the Silmarillion doesn't read the same way. No. I, that was the one I was like... Oh. All his weird little stories of Middle-earth don't read the same way. Mm-hmm. And, um... They're very, like... It, it actually feels like reading, a, like, a, a history book. Yeah, because <laughs> he's literally just building lore. And that's where he got stuck. Well, that's, you know, that's the fun part for him. And I get it. And he also smartly kept it separate from the story proper. So all this stupid lore, like, no, we don't need to know about the Silmarils while we're in the middle of being chased by goblins in the mines of Moria. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so give Rebel Moon a watch. Yes. It's a terrible Yule thank us. <laughs> Uh, the box office this weekend, really quickly, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom won. Yay! But, Apparently it's not great, though. <laughs> but uh, all the numbers together, it was $80.1 for its opening weekend, yeah. which is very, very weak. Yes. It's the second worst for the DCU. I mean, it's the last movie, so it doesn't really matter anymore. It is. <laughs> I read the plot because I was hoping anything could happen, and... Um, Wow, that is not a movie worth watching. Mm-mm. Oh, we're not going to talk about any of the others? Oh, what? Like Wonka? <laughs> I get Yeah, two's Wonka. There was so many new films that came out this week, but I don't know any of them. Oh, Migration, number no three. Migration. Uh, Anyone but you. Anyone but you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Salar. Don't know it. <laughs> the Iron Claw. <laughs> the Hunger Games, The Ballad. The Boy and the Heron. Nice. Godzilla minus one Ooh. and poor things. Yeah. Okay. So let's do our Christmas thing. I'm ready. I'm excited. Why? <laughs> okay. So for this Christmas thing, like I said at the beginning, we're going to talk about some of the weird myths and legends of outside of Santa Claus. Yeah. Um, Krampus will be in here. The classic. <laughs> yeah, I've got a big bone to pick with everyone about Krampus, because I think you guys all get him wrong. So I love him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I'm going to read this from a website. It was on Top Tens with a Z. Yeah. Uh, it's just easier this way for me. That way I don't have to go through too much research, because I've already done some of this research. Yeah. And when I was reading this Top Ten list... Um, I was like, you know what? It's good enough to just read off of and just tell you guys. To be like the starting point for the further conversations. <laughs> yes. So, number 10. We don't have to care about the, the numbers. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, now I just have hiccups. This is terrible. <laughs> um, Ben's Nickel. Bell's Nickel. Sometimes. Yep. Here it's spelled Bell's Nickel. I've heard it both ways. Originated in Europe during the Middle Ages. Oh, wait, you want to say your thing? Yeah. Go ahead. So, I celebrate Ben's Nickel. I always called it Ben's Nickel. My family is German. Like, my grandmother, like, her father was from Germany. So, it's pretty close in my family lineage. And so, like, they brought a lot of, like, German things with them when they came to the States. And Ben's Nickel was one of the ones we celebrated. We did it differently, though, than what I think they do over there. In our version, 
you it's done on the 5th but that might just be a for my family type thing i don't think it has a specific day or if there is a specific day i've read that it's also on the third mm-hmm. go ahead um i think it's because we moved into like our house when i was a like a tiny baby they moved into the house on the fifth yep. and so that's the one they do it but anyway on the fifth you leave your you put up your christmas decorations and then you leave your shoes by the front door and Ben's nickel, the magical creature entity, would leave a gift in your shoe uh, if he liked the way your decorations looked. And traditionally, this gift was something that would be necessary for, like, the rest of winter. So, like, gloves to keep your hands warm, or a hat to help keep your ears warm. Basically something, like, functional for wintertime, so you don't have to wait till the end of December to get your good for winter things, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how my family did it. Okay. Not much of that is in here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> my grandmother was also quirky. <laughs> well, one of the bizarre things is some of these people might have been real. Mm-hmm. At one point, and that's where the story comes from, right? Yeah. There's truth in all myth. Exactly. Right? And... So it originated in Europe during the Middle Ages. He would uh, come for the good children, yet he would also allow the bad children to redeem themselves. Nice. And here's an interesting thing. He would bring the good children toys, and if the bad children continued to be bad, he'd bring them switches. What's... So remember when I was like, there's a different word for the word whip? Oh, <laughs> I was just picturing all these bad kids getting Nintendo Switches. Nope. Yippee skippy. <laughs> it's not a noun. <laughs> it's a verb. So that means he was giving them some lashings. Uh, the bizarre thing is he would make himself known. So he would actually go up to your door and knock on it. And he would knock on windows. He would allow the kids to actually see that he's there. Which is terrifying. It is. I just imagine, like, as a kid, I already hated looking out my window. I just, I just imagine hearing a knocking and there's... Because he doesn't look like a normal man in my imagination. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. He's a thin person who wears fur clothing with bells attached. Bells, nickel, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And wears a mask. In one hand, he carries a bag of presents. And in the other hand, a whip. <laughs> what does the mask look like? I don't know. I've seen traditionally, like... I would imagine, like, a deer mask. I'm just picturing the, like, scary wooden mask from Ocarina of Time. <laughs> the one you give to the little boy so he can be scary in the graveyard. <laughs> there, there are frightening versions of the story where he would uh, drag the naughty children into the forest and punish them. Ooh. Or he would steal them from their beds. And he would give them this chance to redeem themselves by playing tricks, dancing, or singing for him. Oh, that's nice. Hey, kid, you can juggle. Watch this. Yeah. Uh, I thought of a cool battle royale, but Ben Snickle edition. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Kids, redeem yourselves. Battle royale. The next one is Kench Ruperchent. Oh, Lord. It's spelled K-N-E-C-H-T space. R-U-P-R-E-C-H-T. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. So, he is known, he has two different uh, things. One story is he's a wild child that was found by Saint Nick. 
Nicholas, mm-hmm. Santa Claus. And the other one was he was a farmhand prior to becoming St. Nicholas's assistant. Both are fun. Like Bell's Nickel, he would also carry around a switch. <laughs> he also helped out St. Nicholas by going to each child's house and asking their parents if they were good or bad that year. If the parents said they were bad, he would use the switch on them as punishment. Jesus, lots of whipping. <laughs> lots of whips, Beans. He's described as wearing a black or brown robe with a pointed hood. And is carrying a staff and a bag of ashes. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, yeah. No, they get creepy. And they're going to get creepier as we keep going. I wonder where we transitioned from, I'm going to whip you, to you're going to get a lump of coal. Which still has a functional purpose. You can still, like, burn it to get warmth. <laughs> I guess. A whip, you just get hurt. <laughs> Next is Pierre Fortirard. That one sounds French. It's French. Yeah. It's southern Belgium. Is still French. It is, yeah, slightly. Wow. Well, here's the secret. French fries weren't made in France. They're made in Belgium. There's a lot of French around the world that you wouldn't expect. Creole French? That's fun. Yep. Whole whole French Quarter down there. <laughs> uh, Vancouver, no, uh, Quebec. Yeah. Yep, yep. And Montreal. Man, those French. They got all over the place. <laughs> I'm... Or people left. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people ran away from France. <laughs> uh, he originated in the year of uh, 1150. Yeah. So that's very bizarre that we know a year. It's scarily too recent, I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> he was a butcher who lived in a small French village with his very greedy wife. They lived near a boarding school where children of the wealthy families would attend. One day... He and his wife saw three boys walking towards the school when they decided they wanted to rob them for the gold they believed was in their pockets. So the Fortiards offered the young boys sweets that were secretly poisoned, killing all three children. Oh my god! (laughs) It took a turn! (laughs) Pierre slit the boys' throats and chopped them into pieces and kept their remains inside of a barrel. What? Legend has it he would accompany St. Nicholas. However, when the Jolly One found out the awful act of Pierre had committed, his punishment was to spend the remainder of his life following St. Nicholas around as a psychic. In fact, Fiatte, Fiatard, Fiatar, oh, French, <laughs> is said to have been the one who delivers the cold to the naughty children. I'm so... Oh, it, it went from <laughs> Battle Royale with Bell's Nickel to Game of Thrones <laughs> with Pierre. <laughs> they they were scary before they were good. They were. There was a big emphasis. I don't remember if I said this on the podcast or if I just said it to you. I think I just said it to you. That there was an emphasis on uh, if you do bad, you will be punished. Versus nowadays, it's if you are good, you will be rewarded. Where we more lean into being good, you get the good stuff. Where back then, it was very much fear-based and (laughs) threat-based. Yes. Uh, A lot of them were monsters that eat and hurt children. Yes. Uh, Hansel and Gretel. Yeah. Also, Baba Yaga. Yeah. (laughs) They're all around from that same time. Well, like a, a big thing was because kids would just wander off and they don't want their kids wandering off and getting kidnapped and murdered or eaten by a wolf or whatever. So a lot of their stories were just don't do bad, stay at home, do what you're told, and then you won't get brutally murdered. <laughs> yeah. 
It was also just in it in their world at that time. They didn't have our medicine, our technology, our understanding, science. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them would sadly actually perish. Yes. A lot, of, a lot of kids too, never made it to being adolescents. It was too common for kids, especially so the younger you were, the more likely you were going to die. Yeah. Because you couldn't survive a cold or a flu. <laughs> yeah, the, the common cold was actually going to kill them. This, this all, all these um, scary figures is actually reminding me. We watched another movie over the weekend. Uh, you saw Rise of the Guardians for the first time. I did. The, the boogeyman was the bad guy. And what were Pitch. your thoughts? <laughs> What do you mean? Like, it wasn't good. He kept saying he looked bad. Like, he was boring. <laughs> Pitch? Yeah. Yes. Uh, his design is terrible. Yes. Of all of them, they're all, like, unique and interesting. And then you look at him, and his shirt looks like it's part of his skin. It's so... It is incredibly... just Because he's the boogeyman. Yeah, his hair is just, he's just shot back. He's mm. just a Hot Topic employee. Yeah. <laughs> Of course it's Jude Law, because Jude Law makes everyone uncomfortable. <laughs> Until he's Dumbledore. <laughs> Still makes me uncomfortable. A little bit. But he does a very good job emulating both Dumbledore's personas, I would say. Yeah. Uh, the next one is Sinterklaas. Sinterklaas. Yeah. Woo! The Dutch version of him. Uh, he has a difference... He looks more like the Pope in the fact that he has a robe and hat. Okay. Uh, instead of a fat man, right? His season begins in the Netherlands in November with the annual parade on the last Sunday of the month. Sinterklaas, along with his white horse and his helper, Swite P.A.? The Z-W-A-R-T-E dash... P-I-E-T. Arrive by boat and join the parade. December 6th marks the... Like, Ben's... Bell's like, nickel. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. December 6th marks the day of the feast day. The evening before is when families gather for large meal and exchange gifts. This is also the time that Sinterklaas and his companion travel from rooftop to rooftop looking for children who have been good all year and reward them with candies and presents. Nice. Children leave out carrots or oaks in their wooden shoes for Sinterklaas and his horse. Nice. The next morning, children awaken the gifts and funny poems that were left by Sinterklaas as a reward for their good behavior. This is the first lovely one. This one also, it gets a reference in um, The Santa Claus, the movie starring Tim Allen, where he turns into Santa Claus. Uh, is that what that movie's about? <laughs> <laughs> It's after he gets arrested and the cop is like, who are you? What's your name? And he's going through just, he's like, uh, Old St. Nick, Santa Claus. One of the ones he says is Sinterklaas. Mm-hmm. And I was like, interesting. Okay, cool. <laughs> he's technically Santa. It's just a different region yeah. of Santa. Yeah. Okay, now we just went straight to hell. Woo. <laughs> Gear, Gyrla? Gryla? Gryla? The child eater. Oh. In Iceland, a very frightening myth of Gryla, who is said to be a mountain troll with hooves for feet and has 13 tails. 13? That's too many. That's like at least 11 too many. (laughs) Every Christmas, 
You're cool with her having two tails? I mean, sure. <laughs> Some animals are born with two tails. I'd be fine with three. Okay. <laughs> Every Christmas, she leaves the mountain looking for children who have been naughty. She finds them, kidnaps them by stuffing them into a bag, and then brings them back to her cave, boils them alive, and eats them in a stew. Oh. <laughs> she is always in a bad mood because she's constantly hungry for children. Jeez Louise. It dates back to pagan time, which that's pretty easy to believe. Yeah. She's also believed that she that her sinner ways are not only felt by children, but also by men. She had 13 husbands, and two of them she killed just because she was bored with them. Nice. She also has 13 children, all boys. I like the 13 theme we got going. The boys are known as the Yule Lads. What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> the Yule Lads. God, you're gonna love this. I'm excited. <laughs> The Yule Lads are the 13 sons of Gorilla. Gryla. Gryla. <laughs> and they have their own unique characteristics. Um, and they're basically just... Uh, what do you think they are? They sound like naughty little mischief makers. They are. Whoa. <laughs> That's it. I wouldn't even consider them evil like their mom, who's straight up just eating children. Surprisingly, she didn't eat them. Yeah. But <laughs> Nepotism. <laughs> are, you, are you ready for uh, for their weird names? Yeah, I'm so ready. Sheep Coat Clog. Okay. A peg leg sheep fancier. Goalie Gawk. Hides in ditches and enjoys milk from cows. Okay. Stubby. Short and enjoys pie. Spoon Licker. This motherfucker steals your spoons and licks them. What if? What? What a horrible! What a wretched little child. <laughs> His brother, Potstick uh, Scraper. Oh, we going to go. He steals up. your leftovers. Oh. And then their other brother, Bowl Licker, who oh. hides under your bed and steals your bowls. Jeez. Door Slammer, who just slams doors. I would hate Door Slammer. I would kill that kid. <laughs> Skyer Gobbler, just eats yogurt. Oh. <laughs> sausage Sweeper, he steals your sausages. Okay. Window peeper, he just watches you from the windows. You, you creep, <laughs> you pervert. <laughs> Doorway sniffer, jeez, they were known for his large nose and sniffs through doors on Christmas bread. Meat hook, he'll steal your meat with his hook. Okay, I was like, uh, is he? Is, is this is the one that actually like cuts off your limbs? <laughs> and the truly evil one, the candle stealer. What is it? What they just steal? He candles? steals your candles. All brats. Yep. They sound familiar. Was there a movie that had the Yule Boys? Is that what they called the Yule Kids? Uh, Yule Lads. Yule Lads. Was there a movie that had Yule Lads in it? I don't know, but I can see how the archetype has been used, like Lock, Shock, and Barrel. Yes. Um, I learned about the Yule Lads this year. They also sound familiar to characters from the Del Toro series, but you don't know them. Yeah. Shout out to my Del Toro fans. Woo. So when I was introduced to them, they began with their their mom, right? Yeah. And I was like, that is so cool. It's crazy. And then they're like, Yule Lads. And I was like, how much crazier can this... Oh, they're just tricksters. Door sniffer. <laughs> I feel like there might have been... Remember when um, uh, Bloomhouse was doing monthly... Yes. Movies. Into the Dark. Yeah. I feel like one of them might have had something to do with Yule Lads. Because I feel like I've seen them somewhere before. 
But that's the only thing I can think of that was like dipping into slightly obscure well, they mythos. Did, they only to play adapted with. Puka. Oh, they did do Puka twice, huh? Yeah, because it got a sequel. Hmm. I'll 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 be thinking about this for too long. Jorakatorum, <laughs> or just the Yule Cat. The Yule Cat. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Gyrlas Gyras. Gryla. Gryla and the Yule Lad's cat. Oh, you are dyslexic, aren't you? <laughs> Thanks for telling everyone. It's, I mean, not, Percy Jackson's also dyslexic. Didn't you notice? Okay. He's just a bad reader. <laughs> so, this is a Christmas kitty. And uh, it's been around since the 19th century, as far as written records go. Okay. He is a large cat that wanders the streets during Christmas and eats people who are not wearing new clothes. What? <laughs> what a weird specificity. <laughs> uh, I think it's best to imagine this thing's like the size of a panther. Okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you're not wearing new clothes, it will just straight up eat you. It says, is that why we always get new clothes for Christmas? That's part of the reason, yeah. Wow. Can it tell? It's like, <laughs> you smell like Macy's. Ah, <laughs> oh, the Sears clearance section. <laughs> In other versions, instead of him eating people, he just eats people's food who were too poor to afford new clothing. That's so mean. They're already too poor to afford clothes. They can't afford more food. <laughs> at one point, they made the story illegal to tell at Christmas time because oh. it was scaring children. Damn. I mean, yeah. I bet. I mean, uh, the others seem a bit more intense. <laughs> a. Uh, an explanation for this myth is actually to make people work harder during the holidays mm. so that you'd get more work out of them. Some Scrooge-ass corporate yep. dude yep. made the Yule Cat specifically to convince people to buy clothes from his clothing store. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Guess who's going to get attacked by Gryla next? <laughs> next one. La Befana. That sounds also oh, that sounds Hispanic. It's Italian. Dang, I was kinda close. <laughs> Similar to Santa Claus, Epiphany Eve, which is January sixth, that is when the Orthodox Church celebrates. So uh oh, fun yeah. fact <laughs> Russia will celebrate Christmas January sixth this year. Mm -hmm. Right? Ukraine used to do that too, but this is the first time they decided to celebrate Christmas with the rest of us. Woo! On the 25th. Hooray! <laughs> so, uh, if you hear Epiphany Eve, that is what they're telling you. It's, it's because, technically, we don't really know what day Jesus was actually born. Yes, and so there's an <laughs> argument over what day he was truly born. Yeah. And what day all that came down. Yeah, so some people say January, some people say December. We know he was a Sagittarius, so he was in that region. Sagittarius? Is that the one? It should be a Capricorn. Capricorn. They're both the goat ones. I get them mixed up a lot. <laughs> um, so it's an old lady who flies around with a large bag on a broomstick. Nice. That's a witch. Uh, she visits boys and girls who have been good or bad. Nice. She'll leave children candy and gifts if they've been good. And if they've been bad, she'll lose them lumps of coal. <laughs> Instead of leaving out cooked... Uh, cookies and milk for her, you would give her a glass of wine. Oh, the, the smart <laughs> parents teach their kids about about her. <laughs> yep. It's believed the myth of La Befana dates back to the 13th century. 
the three magi were on their way to give presents to uh, baby Jesus mm-hmm. when they stopped at an old woman's house and asked for directions to Bethlehem. Before they left, they invited the old woman to accompany them to see the newborn king, but she refused. After much thought, she decided to join them, but they had already gone. So she left sweets at every child's door along the way, hoping that one of those houses had Jesus. Wow. Could you imagine, like, like now, like, current-day Christians being told that in a version of their baby Jesus story... There's a witch? There's a witch <laughs> hanging out with the three wise men. <laughs> My favorite, Krampus. Woo! Uh, Krampus is Santa Claus's sidekick. Yeah. They are brothers. And Krampus comes from Austria, Germany. Mm-hmm. He, he's known to be more dishevelous in look. Mm-hmm. He does carry around bells and a whip. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And basically, the way it works is it's a duality between good and evil. Yeah. But don't think of evil i think bad krampus similar to hades from like 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 hercules for example hades is always depicted as like the villain yes but but he really wasn't he was a nice guy (laughs) so yeah santa would go give the good kids the nice things and krampus would show up and terrorize the shit out of the bad kids they're like the scary holiday version of ben wyatt and Chris Traeger yeah. from Parks and Rec. <laughs> Santa comes up. Oh, man, that's a great idea, Leslie. M- let me ask Krampus. Krampus, can we do this? No. Sorry, Leslie, but Krampus says no. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite things is in Germany on Krampusnacht. Mm-hmm. Night of the Krampus. Night, night, night. Uh, December 5th, again. Another important day. I was right. <laughs> um, the parents... We'll have the neighbors or other family members dress up as Krampus, mm-hmm. and they would hire them to just basically break into the house and just terrorize the crap out of their kids. Which <laughs> sounds just, like too these are full-grown adults <laughs> dressing up in the most devilish way they can, running in and terrorizing children. And then they go out and do their festival. And a part of me is like, that's messed up. That's mean. And then I remember we have a whole holiday dedicated towards scaring people. Halloween. (laughs) And they scare kids all the time on that holiday, too. So I saw a video of this year's uh, Krampus celebration. Mm -hmm. Um, Lots of people. Like, like, it was like a march, like a parade. Yeah, they have a parade. Dressed up in cool, like, like, costumes and whatever. Yep. And it was awesome. And some people were like, what's going on? It's bad. It's like, no, it's just not what you do. Just because it's different over there, that doesn't mean it's bad. <laughs> I think it's very cool. It is. Krampus is my... I love Santa. I love what Santa means. Um, I don't believe in the religious aspects of Santa. No. <laughs> and I have more room for Krampus in my heart. Mm-hmm. I wish I grew up knowing about him instead of learning about him in my mid-twenties. Yeah. Um... <laughs> The movie's good, and of course, he's made to be that way for the movie, because mm-hmm. it's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm fine with that. I'm just sick of people in reality misinterpreting what he actually is. Yeah. He's not the devil. Stop calling him the devil. No. It, ugh, stop bringing your religion into these things. It's, just have fun. It's like when people are like, oh, it's a goat. It's a symbol of the devil. It's like, not every goat is the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down, Beth. <laughs> 
And for our last one, you're gonna love this one. This one is just so cool. I'm ready. Okay. Faru Perchant. Frau Perkta? Perkta. Frau Perkta. Frau Perkta. Like Fraulein. Like uh, the sound of music. Sure. Never watched it. What? Guess what I'm forcing you to watch? No, we're not. I already made you watch nope. Rise of the Guardians. Yeah. And Wizard of Oz. God, I hate the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> the Legend of Frau is known in Germany and Austria. This is a Christmas witch, the Belly Sister. Oh. Because of a lazy person or committed too many bad deeds during the year, she will sit on their belly open and steal their insides with long knife with a long knife she hides under her clothes. Oh. She will then replace the stolen organs with garbage and straw and rock. What? She what? Will, <laughs> she has also been said to cut out the tongues of children who lie. And if she found a spinner's uh, work halfway finished um a spinner would be like a seamstress yeah because they had a different machine back then it's something aurora uses yeah you prick your finger on it yeah you also in rumpelstiltskin yep you spin your straw into gold (laughs) uh if she found it halfway finished she would just light it on fire what a bitch (laughs) (laughs) she's followed by a pack of demons who torture people who are bad Oh. Though she is, ex- she is also said to protect good people from these evil spirits. Oh. That and, is... And some folktales, she's described as a beautiful woman wearing all white, but other darker versions, she's said to be an old, ugly woman with a long, curved nose and dressed in rags. She is said to visit homes during the 12 days between Christmas and the Epiphany, which is now. Great. To check on families to make sure they're spending quality time together. Families often leave out porridge for her as an offering. And if she thinks that a person was kind and generous throughout the years, she will leave them a silver coin in their shoe. Wow. Wow. See, leaving gifts in the shoe. There it is again. Yep. So that one, it it all sounds terrible. Um, I wasn't expecting organ like, you just wake up in the bathtub, <laughs> and your pancreas is gone. <laughs> no, she sits on you, and then you can't do anything. And then, yeah, she cuts you open, pulls out your innards, and God. then stuffs you up. With... Could you imagine her just reaching into the garbage can next to you and just putting, like, your, like, used, like, oh, that's the Twinkie wrapper. <laughs> Here's this empty Gatorade bottle. <laughs> and it's like, all these, it's like, whoa, that's horrifying. Wow, all those are really bad. That's crazy. But then you remember... You have nothing to worry about if you're a good person. Yeah. So there you go. Ooh, lesson learned. Just be a good person and demons won't uh, torment you. <laughs> so who is your favorite? Hmm, I think Gryla and the Yule Lads. <laughs> yeah, Gryla is a fan favorite for many people. She was fun. Uh, unique. <laughs> she's got a whole casting and crew behind her. She's got yeah. a cat that eats people yeah, for got, not wearing clothes. She's got her 13 husbands and 13 mysterious unmarked graves. <laughs> for Three each husbands. Hu- for each husband. Oh. <laughs> she killed two of them because she got bored of them. Ah, uh, I don't blame her. You know, got, girls gotta do what a girl's gotta do. <laughs> the Yule Lads just torment you slowly. So many children. So few husbands. <laughs> <laughs> She's a uh, yeah, Celtic. Yeah. That would be Irish. Maybe she adopted. Maybe. One or two of them. 
adopted (laughs) and nabbed. (laughs) (laughs) So there we go. We did our Christmas episode. This is also the last episode of 2023. Wow. You're going to have to wait till sweet 2024 to hear the dulcet tones of our podcast voices again. Yep. Uh, I know I'm planning on doing another power run. A much more funner one this time. I'm excited. God. I'm actually really excited for this one. <laughs> this is going to be Dead Space, the remake. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's come on, it came out like a year ago, but I never played it yet. You you busied yourself with, what was that other one that's like Dead Space but isn't? Um, you played Oh, a, uh, Callisto. Yeah, you busied yourself with Callisto instead. <laughs> uh, Callisto, the guy who made Callisto also made the original Dead Space. I played the original Dead Space back in 2010. That was 13 years ago. So coming back and playing this remake, I I don't know, man. It's been 13 years, so I'm not going to remember everything. <laughs> and a lot of it might have changed because it's different now. Yeah, everything's changed. Uh, I've just been playing Ooblets. Yep. Yeah, having dance battles with my little bean-shaped guys. <laughs> <laughs> Fairies? <laughs> Monsters? Yeah. Um, I think that's the end of the podcast. I think so, too. You want to go watch Percy Jackson and make fun of it some more? Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. You guys have a good week. Happy New Year's. Be safe. Yes. Bye. Bye.